0: Welcome to the Ladies at the Lab podcast. I'm your host, Megan, and I want you to come on a journey with me as I navigate the world of digital marketing, women in leadership, and pretty much everything in between. Each week, you can expect me to talk about all things trending, work-life balance, and how I'm keeping things fun in all the places. Are you ready to pump up the jam? If so, let's go. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Ladies of the Lab podcast. Um, This is going to be episode three of season four, and I'm just still trying to get acclimated to flying solo as the (laughs) host with guests and the whole thing. So bear with me as we grow and evolve as human beings with our gifts and our resources. Um, I'm excited about the episode because I just feel like I'm getting to sit down and have coffee and chats with a friend um, who's in a similar stage and phase of life that I'm, that I'm in, but then that's also wired like me, I think a lot in our, and the way that we approach work and the way that we approach life and the way that we approach motherhood and running a home. Um, I've got Tina here today. You'll affectionately, we referred to her as the closer. She, <laughs> um, she works in sales for pro business lab, which we can also talk about. Cause I, that was one thing that I was like, Ooh, I really want to get into that. Uh, conversation, um, as a part of our episode today, but, uh, she is a brilliant creative and she said, I'll be on the podcast as long as we can title the episode mother hustler. And <laughs> I was like, say less, I'm here for that. So she even had t-shirts made and I'm just feeling extra special today. So I'm excited to have Tina here. Um, we were just kind of going over our segments and, uh, we'll jump into first, Talking about our weekend recap, we're actually recording on what feels like a Monday. Yeah, because it was a long weekend. Tell I'll me. forever think that we're a day ahead for the rest of the week. Legitimately, what's up with you,
1: Tina? Tell me about your weekend. Um, so my parents are actually in town from Chicago, so that's super fun. They when did came they? In? Yeah, I was getting ready to say <laughs> when did they come in? They drove in Saturday, so they um. They've been making it pretty much like every two months, which is great. Um, And so they got here really early Saturday and we just chilled all day. Um, Did some shopping, which we always do. And we're here because there's so much to do. Um, And there's
0: deals on Labor Day weekend. Always.
1: Yes. Mm -hmm. I find all the deals no matter what day it is. I know you. Um, My dad's actually a concrete finisher in Chicago. He's a hustler himself. Yeah. So uh, he is going to pour our concrete pad this week. Because that's just what he does wow. when he's on vacation. Um, if you're wondering where I got this, like a no. mother hustler from, it's my father. So, my I, mom's a
0: great too. This so. is, my brain always goes to logistics. Yep. Do not tell me he's pouring a. What material and equipment and machinery does one need? Just in case we need to start a side hustle.
1: <laughs> so he brings all of his like finishing tools, like the things to spread it even. Yeah. And he's also very creative. Like he's an artist as well. So he'll do like fancy finishes on the concrete. He can do stamped concrete to make it look like wood planks. He's so just incredible. Cool. So um, our neighbor in our uh, backyard, he wanted to do like
0: pads for the gr- the grills and stuff. So yeah. he's like,
1: yeah, I'll knock it
0: out while I'm there. So you just have to pay for the concrete? Yeah stop yeah what a deal I know and they'll be here for how long
1: so this time they're staying a full week which is they don't get to do that as much my dad still works my mom's retired so yeah. they uh, my sister lives in Alabama so they're visiting her right now and they're driving back today and then they're gonna visit my niece in Knoxville because she's at UT this year so oh my. we're all migrating south it's, it's great listen are they gonna make their way we're praying about it that's We've been praying cool. for many years. So uh, he has to finish two more years in his uh, union and hopefully make the move. We would love to have him
0: here. Are your kids just thrilled? Obsessed. Yes. Here's the thing. I didn't grow up with my parent, my grandparents close by. And so we always had to travel to, you know, Virginia. So seven, eight hours to get mm-hmm. to see my grandparents. And that didn't happen very often. And both of my kids have their grandparents in town I don't, I, I tell them all the time, you have no idea, like, how blessed you are to have mm-hmm. your grandparents in town. I did not grow up that way. Yeah. So I bet your kids are just thrilled.
1: Yeah. And my mom, she's, like, she calls every single day. So my kids, you'd never know that they don't live here. Yeah. When they get here, it's just, like, they know everything about the kids' lives and the kids. Even my son said, we got to make sure we get orange juice for Papa. Sweet. Like, he just knows my dad drinks orange juice every morning. So I was, like, mm, so special. I love that.
0: Yeah. Um. So y'all shopped, and you talked about your- Yeah concrete pad plans that was really it I mean we got caught up obviously an extra
1: day of the weekend is always great got caught <laughs> up on some household stuff and it was nice to just take some time and rest
0: it was really nice this weekend too weather wise mm-hmm. like it wasn't excruciating yeah. and horrible so we were able to just sit outside with our neighbors and just yeah relax I love that about your neighborhood your neighborhood it is. so close yeah that's cool um well for this weekend uh it was balls to the wall sorry for lack of a better way of saying it uh from the time I left on well really from Friday like all day um I've been sick and so I had a terrible experience with a walk-in a week ago from Friday and so I got home and I had to lead worship this weekend and I was like I'm not gonna make it unless I go back to a different doctor so I ended up calling an audible and going to a different doctor on Friday and he was so kind and I just have really bad allergies and I have been suffering for the last two or three weeks now just with an upper respiratory issue. And so he gave me the medicine that I need and I feel like now I'm finally starting to get better. So, If you're out there, I don't know if you're feeling this way. I just feel like I have to advocate for myself at the Dagum doctor's office anymore. And so I was frustrated with that, but then relieved and thankful for a doctor that was willing to help. Um, So I did that and cleaned a little bit on Friday night. Uh, I edited the first episode of the podcast and got that published, which was so fun. Uh, I just felt like it was, it's weird reflecting on it now because this is the third episode and I'm reflecting on the first episode, but just talking about like the perspectives of different age groups Mm -hmm. and people that come from different backgrounds and expertise. And it was just really cool. I I
1: loved, yeah, I loved re-listening to that. And I'm like, you get the full spectrum.
0: Yeah. And so I think that it just accurately reflects the heart of the people that work here. And I thought it was done really well. And you can tell that we're all for each other and it, it just made me really happy. I Mm -hmm. was very, very happy with all of that. So Got that done. And then um, Jacob, my husband had family in from Indiana. And so we went to my in-laws. I was there for as much of the day as I could before I had to get over to church. Uh, But we were swimming and eating and watching baseball and watching college football. And it was a fun day to just hang out and kick it. And literally, I think my kids were in the pool for 12 hours. That's the best. Yeah. And I remember those times when Mm. I was a kid, like, You would swim in your sleep because you had been in the pool. Yeah. And you could feel your body in the water. Like getting off
1: a trampoline and you're just in bed jumping up and down. (laughs) Yes.
0: But I was like, that's what kids should be doing is moving 12 hours and, uh, you know, eating treats and, you know, all the things. So we did that. And then I led worship at church on Saturday and Sunday. And we were back at my in-laws for a little bit. And then Sadie had a birthday. It was a crazy busy weekend. Uh, But yesterday I kind of had the best of a day off because I was able to nest and do some things in my home that were not rushed. Um, mm-hmm. This kind of bleeds into what we'll talk about. Like I love to be in my home and to care for my home and manage my household more than I love to do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was able to do that at my own pace yesterday. And so it was just like, I didn't feel rushed. I didn't feel harried. Nothing was on fire. I had a couple of ends that I needed to tie up. And then I hung out the rest of the day and came home last night had some time to just kind of get my mindset for the day to go into that extra work. day, man. It was everything. Yeah. Uh, but it was both in. Like, I worked a little bit last night because I could and I wanted to. And it just, there was space yesterday. So, I told my husband, I was like, I felt prepared to come into the day. Love it. It's that extra day. Love it. To do with what you will. hmm Hashtag, we're going to start a campaign to make every day a three-day weekend.
1: Mm-hmm. I hope we value it as much if
0: we have that. I know. We'll probably find some way to screw it up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm -hmm. We're going to need more. It's Mm -hmm. never enough. Mm -hmm. All right. So that's it for our weekend recaps. Tina, do you have a favorite right now? Something that you are just in love with that you can't stop thinking about or watching (laughs) or eating or putting on your face? That's my favorite.
1: (laughs) Um. Yeah, my I'm all about some water talk right now.
0: Oh my gosh, yeah. we got on water talk this. Uh, I almost said Christmas. It's not Christmas yet. This summer, yeah, we got like a little. I'll let you keep on, and then I'll. Yeah, tell I'm you all
1: how. about the flavors, uh, the packets, all the things to flavor my water.
0: What are you drinking from Sonic right now?
1: That's a Coke.
0: Oh. I needed a Coke. No judgment.
1: Um, but I love like the big. I got a fake Stanley, of course, um, and just always have it filled up, which I'm not a huge water drinker. I do not like my husband has to tell me like a child to drink my water. Um, and I say it's because when I was a kid, I had like kidney problems. So, you know, you force fed me water. Now I don't want it. Yeah. But I just, I mean, it gets me to drink water and there's plenty of people who can argue with me that it's not as healthy, but if I'm drinking two Stanleys a day of flavored water, that's probably better than nothing.
0: Step step away from me with your judgment. I think that, um, it was funny. We were talking about this yesterday. My friends were like, I like to drink really cold water. I'm not that way because Mm-mm. it doesn't go down as easy and I can consume more if it's room temperature, Absolutely. but we got on water talk and I mainly got me and my girls. We sometimes decompress while watching TikTok. My girls got on water talk <laughs> and Sadie was like, we need a organizer for our flavored packets. Uh-huh. You go to dollar general, you buy all the flavor packets, at dollar general for nothing. Yep. I was like, we'll get all the, wa- to get my kids to drink water. Mm-hmm. And so if you have a problem with the fact that there's artificial powder, whatever in there, walk away. Because my kids are drinking water now. Exactly. So, And fun. I only
1: use one packet for my whole Stanley. Like some of them are really potent. Yeah. Like the Kool-Aid ones.
0: I would agree. But I do love that tropical punch. It takes mm-hmm. me back to mm-hmm. my childhood. Does,
1: but no sugar.
0: No sugar. I'm sure
1: there's something else making it taste. So,
0: well, it's artificial. Whatever I know I I always say you gotta pick your poison. Water's water. It water's water. Is water. <laughs> um, but I was gonna say something. Um, oh, the other thing is we don't get the ones that have like energy or no. anything like that. And just zero sugar mm-hmm. pouches.
1: Aldi has a good iced tea too. Oh, that's amazing.
0: I have had some good and bad experiences with the mixes from Aldi, but mm, that's I think probably that that's, the only one I would stick to. But I, pr- it's pretty much anything at Aldi like. I have never had a truly awful experience with anything at Aldi, but I have some things where I'm like, nah, don't like that as good, but it's fine. Yeah. Okay. Um, My current favorite, I got to connect to the Bluetooth here for this. So, so for my current favorites, I can't stop watching the, I know it's September now, but the August challenge with the Taylor Swift song where they pick up the animal and they spin the animal in a circle. Have you seen this? I don't this? know if I've seen that one. Oh, I'm about to show you. I'm about to show you what's up. All right, so it's I love Taylor Swift. I'm on Taylor Swift summer right now. Like, I can't get over <laughs> her. But it's the sound from the song August, and you strap the camera to your neck, and you go pick up your pet, And then you just spin it in a circle. (laughs) So this one in particular that we're watching right now is a turtle, but there are also like dogs, cats, uh, children. Like you don't need a pet, just go pick up your baby. And the baby doesn't know what you're doing, but before it knows it, it's just spinning in a circle. So the reaction is like thrill. Yeah. Um, I saw a really sweet one. It was like a grandma in a wheelchair and they went over to the grandma and they just started spinning her in her wheelchair. It was really sweet. Um, but that, that's my favorite sound right now is August challenge because of Taylor Swift. And that is, I feel like that's a whole episode in and of itself. Mm-hmm. It was a summer of, but it was on my, I don't know if it was on your TikTok or if it was just me.
1: Uh, you're a little more Swifty than I am.
0: I know, I know. But it felt like everybody was just talking about the tour and their experience at the tour and all the different like Easter eggs at each one of the tours. And I was just like, I can't get this off my feed and it's in my brain it's annoying but then the it's coming out at the movies well
1: and I noticed yesterday it just clicked in my head how we always talk about seasons of life Mm -hmm. and now it's eras like everyone's like I'm in my whatever era
0: I kind of like it it's a it's kind of annoying but I kind of like it
1: I kind of like it but I'm not a Swifty at all so I just can I use it Tina can I convert you I probably. Okay.
0: I will take you you down the rabbit hole. I don't know what your vibe is on music, though. What do you like to listen to?
1: Everything. And I mean everything. I do,
0: too. And I think that that's where, if I like pop music, like anything that's on pop radio, anything that has been considered popular in the past, from Bon Jovi to Paul Simon to, you know, Sync, you know, Britney Spears, all of the things, I'll listen to all of it. when
1: I um, had my first daughter, the doctor was like, what Pandora station do you want to listen to? And I was Uh like, 90s throwback. Totally. So she was born to Hey Jealousy.
0: Oh, I love that. I do love a 90s throwback. Uh, Jacob, me and my husband were talking about it, though. A lot of 90s music is so dark. Mm -hmm. Uh, What were we listening to yesterday? Um, He says she talks to angels. What is that song? you know what I'm
1: talking about uh, I can't think of who sings it but isn't it called Calling All Angels
0: I don't yeah. know I don't know but it was really dark and then we were talking about all the dark connotation for yeah. a lot of the songs back then but we never thought about it like Fast Car like yeah. she's homeless yeah. she's homeless that song's really in right now it is so and and so many people have remade it but I'm like they can't do it like her mm-hmm. they can't do it like Tracy Chapman come at me bro <laughs> for all of you children you don't know what, the, what we're even talking about Um, come back for more education on nineties throwback. And if you don't know, you better find out, get you a Spotify station. Um, so that was a little bit about what our favorites are right now. I do love a water talk. So thanks for bringing that up. Now it's time to get in the tree of trust. It's time to get in the tree of trust. (laughs) My cough, my tree of trust. Um, just a reminder of the tree of trust is a safe space to say what you need to say um, and do it with no reaction and just offer empathy and understanding. So I'm going to let you go first. Mm. Tina's tree of trust. Ooh,
1: let's see. This one's kind of personal, but I'm an open book. I tell people all the time. They're like, that's so brave of you to talk like that. I'm like, I literally have nothing to hide. Same. Maybe I should more. But, um, So a year ago I started going to therapy and doing all the things for my mental health, which has been amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, I recommend everybody do it. Same. Yeah. Even if you don't think anything's wrong, talk to somebody. Can I ask
0: how old you are?
1: 33. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I just, uh, my therapy journey started when I was 28. So I didn't know if you were that much younger or not. Yeah,
1: Tried starting early. (laughs) Um, but I, so I take some medicine now for my anxiety, which Mm is not even that bad, but I'm more of like, I mean, appropriately for the title of our episode, I don't stop. Yeah, There's no stopping at all. And sometimes I was like, I need help stopping. Like Mm -hmm. I literally cannot. Um, and so it's been really great this whole year to like journal through that and figure out like how I've changed and notice moments where I just let myself rest Mm -hmm. and don't, like talk myself down out of it yeah because in the past I would say okay I'm gonna take a rest day and then I wouldn't I'd be like wow what a lazy thing to do or I got nothing done today and now I'm like I rested and it was okay yeah so we're coming up on a year here and um I'm looking to get off of it that's exciting yeah it's super exciting um I knew that going into it, that it was like a potential to get off. And, um, I'm just trying to figure out now when, yeah. so that's like, I don't know if anyone else has experience with that, but I'm like, hmm, when should I, cause my doctor's like, maybe the holidays. I'm like, that's a terrible time to go yeah. off of <laughs> medicine, but I would agree. Yeah. So, I mean, it's exciting. It's something I really wanted to do. And my husband and I had talked about like seeing somebody for a long time and just to see the growth and that it's possible for people to get off of it. It's not something that people have to be on their whole lives and some people do, but to know that there's like growth in a short period of time. Yeah. And I definitely think journaling helped that so much to see those changes. and
0: I don't know. I'm such a proponent for medication specifically if you're in a, in a season where you literally just need help desperately and, and, and now um, and so I've seen that in several people that I've known, and it has been such a blessing and a resource and a tool. But what I love and what I hear you saying is you, didn't, you're, you don't want to rely on that long term. It wasn't a means to an end for, and there are other options. And I know you exercise. I know you're drinking water. Like, I know that you love to be outside. I think a lot of the times my curiosity would be like, okay, if you need medicine to have help, absolutely. What are the other things that we're doing Mm -hmm. to help like kind of contribute to lower anxiety? And I love that you use journaling. I think that's incredible. And I think it all goes back to the way that people process. So maybe you've just discovered that this is a way that helps you process Mm -hmm. in addition to, getting exercise and going outside and all of those sorts of things. Well, you think
1: like when you work out, it's harder for you to notice the differences all the time. Yeah. And people who don't see you often will be like, wow, you've changed. But when you, it's when it's mental health, you don't always have those little things to notice the difference. So journaling has helped me look at like individual moments that maybe I would have reacted differently in the past. But I have had friends say, you can tell that you're just glowing And that means everything to me because, you know, before people would say, you look really tired. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. I am tired. I am. But like now the medicine has just given me a little bit of like, I don't even know, like a, like help seeing things clear so that I can get the things done and then rest when I need to, but it's not all poured on me at once.
0: I love that. Thank you for sharing that. I think that that's so important to be talking about, um, with regards to like mental health. Cause I know that when I went through, um, when I went through therapy, I dealt with the the overarching theme of what my core issues are, have a lot to do with shame and just not being enough and whatever. And so through that process, I did some work around, um, a specific study and the person that was leading the study mentioned specifically that she was in the hospital like sick and asked that her husband go get her stuff so that mm-hmm. she could work in the hospital and he was like you're sick you you shouldn't be working and she goes no we always work and she was like I was raised by farmers mm-hmm. and they could not get sick and so even if they were sick they had to go to work so Lending credence to the way that we were raised, not in a good or a bad way, but like indifferent. This was the way that we were raised by the generation that we were raised by, the parents that we were raised, and how did that impact my view of being sick and needing Mm -hmm. to stop and rest? Or I don't have, my thing is I have to earn rest. You want to rest, you better work your rear end off and then block off that time, and you can rest during that time, and that's it. Mm -hmm not healthy, not good, not claiming that I, I just self-aware enough to know I hustle to earn worth rest, mm-hmm. like being worth rest. And so, so much self-talk, the journaling and all that stuff that goes along with how did I get here? Lending credence to the way that I didn't just develop this trait I got right. here for a reason. Um, and then doing the work around it. I'm just really proud of you. It's hard. It's hard work, and resting is hard. Like yeah. from one, one as a
1: Christian woman too, you start to feel like, okay, we're called to rest, but I don't know how.
0: Yeah, and you're like,
1: well, did Jesus plan for our lives to be this busy? He did, yeah. though.
0: <laughs> yeah. So
1: it's it's very like you have there's so much there, but I love that our generation is so much more open about totally therapy and medicine and mental health because I just that makes me hopeful for the future and everyone's well,
0: mental. Well, it makes you not feel so alone. Absolutely. Like, and for so many people to cheerlead and champion going to see a therapist, mm-hmm. like it's awesome. If you can afford it, it's also a luxury. Yeah, that too. And you have to say, I had to save yeah. for it whenever yeah. I went I had to give it. things up to do it. So. Yeah, and that's hard, but it is what it is. I, t- I will tell you one thing that I did last year was I committed to have Sabbath on Sundays and rest, mm-hmm. and, and I built in time so that I could do that. And so going back to, like, did he understand that we were going to be this busy? Yeah, he did. And that's why he made a day for it. And so I saw the benefit from that, and I almost wish that I would have built that in this year, but I didn't. So maybe for next year. (laughs) There's always next year. There's always next year. Okay, my tree of trust. I felt so good after I shared with Faith what my tree of trust was going to be because she just confirmed it. And I was like, thank you, Lord. We have gotten direction here. Uh, my tree of trust is a lot, a lot over the last year, specifically with, I really like your shoes. Thank you. Sorry, <laughs> squirrel. Um, a lot over the last year was specifically like work falling into my role and learning all the things that I needed to learn in order to do what I do now at Borough Business Lab and in digital marketing. I think oftentimes it's really hard to differentiate, but then know that there's a real difference between being at capacity Mm -hmm. and being overwhelmed. Mm. Um, I think that as we are learning how to do something, it can be very overwhelming, but that's where we need to shift the way that we work versus saying, I can't do anything else. Like Mm -hmm. I'm at capacity. Um, And, and faith was like, it's so weird that you were saying that because blah, 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 blah. And so I think we're in, we're in a season of learning or integrating or growing in responsibility or trying something or doing something new we almost have to like time block and say, I'm going to learn to do this thing, knowing that it's not going to be learned fully for another six months.
1: Absolutely. Um, I
0: think when we think capacity, we need to fully check off the thing and move it so that we can invite something else in. And there's a real difference between being at capacity and just being overwhelmed. And that's where I just kind of, told myself you're not at capacity you might feel a little overwhelmed but for this season you're going to have to shift the way that you work Mm -hmm. in order to appease the feeling overwhelmed so for me personally that is setting proper expectations like everything is not going to be done tomorrow God help me if I don't get that in my head because my job is never done, period. It will never be done because it's not a project that you check off and go, this Mm -hmm. is done forever. Nope, it is an ongoing, um, ever-changing, never-stopping line of things. And so I think for me, it is a shift of perspective, but then also the way that I approach and tackle the work. And one thing that really helps me is physically going back to the journaling, physically going back to a pen and paper, mm-hmm. writing all of the things down. And then just like with my grocery list, I put it in order at the grocery store. And that makes my, that makes my capacity much bigger and the the task much less overwhelming mm-hmm. if there's a plan of attack. And so perspective, making a list and then deciding where I'm going to start and working my way down in order of importance, makes all the difference in the way that my days flow. So I think our tendency is to go, I'm at capacity. I need to get somebody else to do this, or you do this, or I have to delegate, or I need to call in reinforcements. Okay, but maybe take a deep breath and not pull a you know a knee-jerk reaction mm-hmm. and just process a little bit and maybe get some better perspective. So I don't know if that made any sense.
1: Absolutely. I think all of that goes... Like right into what we're talking about today. Yeah. Because that's how you get a lot done is mm-hmm. prioritizing and organizing and you have to have a process. Yeah. You can't just be like, I have all these things to do and I'm just going to do them randomly. Because sometimes in your head, they feel way bigger than they are. Totally. Totally. Paper gets it all
0: organized. It does. But then I think also there have been times where I'm like, I can't make a list. I have to just jump in and do something. I have to start. And then sometimes if I do just start, it all becomes very clear. But I think that's where I have a little bit of like ADHD. Like Mm -hmm. I'll procrastinate before I'll just go and do it. And then once I do it, I'm like, oh, that wasn't that big of a deal. Mm -hmm. Or now it's done and I feel so much better. I wasted so much time stewing over it or what have you. (laughs) um so that's my tree of trust Uh, really just for reflection purposes like are you at capacity or are you just overwhelmed and you need a plan like of attack
1: i think that's a great question to leave everybody with yeah we all kind of feel that way
0: so marinate on that okay i have sound effects for this because this morning when i was driving in and i was thinking about what we were talking about today i was like i can't oh boy i can't get this song out of my head (laughs) and i don't know if this is going to be your vibe or not but we're about to find out they'll come and get me for copyright issues We'll get there in just a second. Na, na, a of a hustler. Of a, of a hustler. Of a, of a hustler. Na, 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 a okay. Of a I, hustler. I digress. That's all I could think of this morning, because our episode's titled Mother Hustler. And uh Tina are not Tina Tina and I are not the same age, but we're close to the same age. And, um, we're just made very similarly in the way that we approach and look at life. And I'm trying to think of when I made that connection, but I think that it was um in that when we were starting to launch Ladies of the Lab and yeah. starting to talk about like charcuterie, I don't even know how that conversation got started. Do you remember?
1: I do. I came in. I to have do slept the class. since then like <gasps> yes. the, it was with Macy, and yeah. I brought a little sample, and I was like, you know, I gotta I gotta bring a little sample in to get my name out there. And then um she texted me one day and was like, <laughs> they wanna talk to you. So we all went to coffee <laughs> and like you and I just started catching up on like yeah. who we knew and all the ways we we kinda connected. So yes, yeah. where all of the relationships unfolded.
0: Isn't that great? Mm-hmm. Um, so do you want to tell them a little bit about Let It Brie? Like what your background is outside of digital marketing?
1: Yeah. So I owned a, or I co-owned a business for two years um, called Let It Brie. Uh, we did charcuterie boxes and boards and spreads and all the things, meats and cheeses. And it was so much fun. Um, We kind of, we were... Business partners and work partners and friends. And then uh, about two years into it, my business partner had a baby. So obviously, seasons change really quick. And then I started staying home with my kids. So it got really busy really fast. And we decided to put it on hold for a little while. And we have, oh gosh, it's been like six months or so now, but I just do it on the side. I love it. Use a little bit of my design skills for that. And so it's fun and it's a creative outlet. And I have friends that. We're like long time order, you know, uh, customers. And so they come back to me and they're like, can you do this for my birthday or this and that? And I just love doing it. So,
0: well, listen, it is a love language. I, there's not a lot of things that I love more. I do not, I do not at all consider myself to be a professional, but I do love to put a board together every now and then. Yours are great. So, very, yeah very therapeutic yes if you ever need like a set of hands to assist you in that I'm your girl I'm going to take on another responsibility (laughs) why not you know why would I not um but I love that like uh, I think that you've done so much and had so much experience um specifically with owning your business but then also raising a family and being at a full-time job and digital marketing and now taking on new adventures. And you were talking about in that first episode about like volunteering. Mm -hmm. So this episode is about being a mother hustler. And when I was thinking about it, I was curious, what do you feel like about your background? brought you to a place of, unless it was like psychological and we'll just sit here and talk about all of our, um, emotional issues. But what I, I was thinking about what brought me to the place of just hustling. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know if there was like a turning point in your life where you're like, I'm about to do all of the things at 150 miles per hour. I'll sleep when I'm dead and I'm going to do it with passion. I'm going to do yeah. it with intention. Like what flipped that switch for you?
1: There's a lot. I mean, obviously I mentioned last podcast, like I'm from Chicago. We're very fast paced. Yeah, Uh, I've had to learn to like talk slower here, but I was raised by a working mom who was uh, a single mother for a while from, for my, you know, with my three sisters and she, she made it like she did everything she could to raise those girls and give them a great life and then had me and, um, my dad is 60 years old and still pours concrete every day of his life. Yeah. Like he's a hustler. Um, but always knowing that whatever you did give it 110% cause you never know who's watching. Yeah. So whether you're Integrity. flipping burgers mm-hmm. or you're, you know, top of the world, I don't know your president, like you always show respect. You do your job 110%. Yeah. And that has always worked for me. Um, so I don't know, like just between that and, and living in a fast paced lifestyle, but knowing that I was going to be a working mom just cause I didn't know otherwise. Yeah. I never wanted to stay home. And I don't say that to be like, Oh, I don't like my kids. No. I, I just never felt called for it. I, I felt like my kids respond to other people better. Most kids do seems like, but, um, it just was never in the books for me. And then COVID happened and I had a newborn baby two weeks old and a two-year-old and a three-year-old. And I was like, Lord, help me. Everybody's in one house. We're stuck in here. And I took on the homeschooling thing. And I was like, this just confirmed it's not for me. So I worked a full-time job through the pandemic with three babies in daycare and knew that we had to pay for that somehow. And so I would pick up side jobs or like, you know, uh, freelance work and social media or whatever I could, I'm all over Facebook marketplace. If I haven't touched it in my house, it's getting sold. Like there's people in my neighborhood who joke about me being like a garage little store because we're always selling something. But I, I don't know if it's like psychological that I don't want to ever go broke, which I don't, I don't think we We could could do the
0: deep dive there. Yeah. I think, (laughs) I think that it, I think motivation is a huge thing of what drives a person that is going 150 miles per hour, but usually at 10 out of 10 on each of those things. Like you're, you're not an under, there's not a thing about you that's underachieving Mm -hmm. and you want to do everything really well. And I could see where not wanting to go broke would be a great motivator for anybody, honestly. Um, so I was thinking about for me personally, this is just full transparency. I think that again, mine goes back to like my shame, my psychological issues, um, but mine came from a place of pride. Like mm-hmm. I moved out, um, when I was 17 and I got my own apartment with, I had, my brother was my roommate and I worked a job and I went to, um, I went to school. I went to, uh, just a community college, my first year in college. And, um, my dad paid for my school, so I wasn't working to pay for school But there was something in me that was like, you can't ask for help financially Mm -hmm. once you're out of the nest. And I never went back and asked my dad for money after I left. And so, excuse me, for me, it was more of like a means of survival. Like you're on your own, kid. Mm -hmm. Like you can't go home out of pride in, in an ugly spot. You can't go home and ask for help but I think now that it impacts the way that I operate and I don't ask for help very well, and if I do have to ask for help, it is a source of shame for me. Uh, So I have had to just kind of reflect on the fact that I always was working and working a couple of jobs if I had to, um, even into the season when I was married, you know, if I needed to make extra money, I was always willing to do that. And sometimes I would overextend and bite off more than I could chew because there was an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, and just because there was an opportunity doesn't mean that you should take it. Uh, be- <laughs> Some,
1: no one's ever told me that one.
0: Right. Well, and I think <laughs> I think going back to therapy, like if I was resentful, Or if I had a bad attitude because I was exhausted or didn't really want to do the job I just took it was because if I was resentful and bitter and ugly and gross, then that was on me. That Mm -hmm. had nothing to do with the person that made the offer or Jacob because he never asked me to do it. I always just was going for it. I had to really ask myself, why are you doing this? Mm -hmm. Is there a real need that you have to meet? And if you do have to meet it, you're going to have to just suck it up buttercup if you're just doing it to feel better about yourself and say that you did something and that you were just super woman, then shame on you. Like you can't resent with that kind of motivation. Right. So you're going to have to fix your crap. Um, and so I think for me, the origin of becoming a hustler now, mother hustler came from a place of pride. Like when I left the house, like I was going to do whatever I needed to do to make ends meet. And, even have to check myself with, with pride. Now I would, I would say I would rather be naked and hungry than to go back and ask my dad for money. Mm. And so I'm like, Ooh, that's messy. And then that seeps into a lot of other Mm -hmm. motivations and things like that. So at home thinking about all of the different plates that we spend being working moms, um, and we can get to, you know, motherhood, do you do the finances and budget at your house?
1: So we do it together because that um,
0: that trigger, trigger warning that triggers me.
1: You can understand this. So when our church used to host the, the financial peace courses, my husband and I led that at the church. So, so proud of you. Thank you. We did that when this also relates to our story. So we, we took the class when I was pregnant with my son and I was 38 weeks pregnant when we started the only class I missed was because I was delivering him. Oh. And then I brought him one week old to the next class. Cause I was like, we need to get out of debt. We're not missing a single class. Like we're doing this full speed ahead. And people were like, wow, like that's dedication. I was like, or, you know, I'm, I'm psychotic. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a have a problem,
1: but I mean, we, and I won't say we went like full in because I have now like some personal opinions on that, but like we did it and I, well, let's see, we paid off all our non mortgage debt by the time I was 30. So no. when we sold our house, I wrote a very, very uncomfortable, large check to my student loans yeah. and we got out of I mean, so it, it, that, that makes a big difference in like the hustle thing too. Cause I had to work my butt off to make those extra payments and get us out of there quick. Cause we had goals. Um, but I mean, we always say like we did it and we had a one week old baby or we did it and we had two kids in daycare. So it's possible. And I don't mean that to say like, well, anybody can do it. We did it. But like just to give encouragement that there are a lot of things standing in the way,
0: but you can do it. You just have to hustle. It's funny that you say that. And we can go back to, I do want to go back to like what you manage at home. And if that's a lot of shared responsibility or if you are kind of like take the bull by the horns, uh, bulldozer. I, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not saying that I know anything about being a bulldozer because I, that would never be me. Um, but in going back to my therapist presented it to me as not you don't need help. You have made up in your mind that you don't need help. You can make a plan and you can get started and you mm-hmm. can tackle. Not everybody is like that. So I don't know if there have ever been instances in your life where you get frustrated with another party. Like I did it when I was a week postpartum, I came to this class, I made the commitment and I did the Mm -hmm. thing, but that's because you're a hustler. That's, you don't need any help. You don't need anybody to start a fire under your rear end. It lives there. I find it frustrating often when there's another party that literally will just sit there and like wait for the things to happen or avoid the things And it's hard for me to give grace when there are legitimately people that are fashioned in a way where they need help. So I don't know if that's been your experience or not.
1: Completely agree. Yeah, it's it's hard. I don't really know. Like, I try to give advice, but then you almost sound because you've experienced it, like you sound like you're being insensitive. Yeah. It's really hard. And obviously if they're not willing to light a fire under their own butt, then they're probably gonna take offense to it regardless of how you come off. So
0: But then are they healthier than we are because we're probably motivated by all sorts of gross things. I don't know. That's what I'm saying. I don't I don't know the answer to it. And I don't that's why I have had to train myself to give people grace if they're not out beating the streets, finding something to do, finding a way to get started, finding a way to make things better because maybe I'm healthy, maybe I'm not, maybe I'm somewhere in between and same for them. Like you're not wired the same way and I don't really get it, but that doesn't make it bad. It just makes it different. So, and I don't know if I wasn't
1: with my husband, if I would be the same person, like he's the perfect balance to my chaos and he is a motivated person too, but he needs a little bit more push to be motivated, which I'm that push. But even before we had kids, like we owned a house, um, in Illinois, we were flipping together and he's, he's former military. So he'd go to like his two week training and he'd come home and I would have, I learned how to do electric work and I rewired electric outlets and I patched big holes of drywall and, you know, installed lighting fixtures. Like I did it all because I learned how to do it. And I think a lot of that comes from my dad being a handyman and he always raised me like you don't need a man, but you know, Not that you don't need one, but like you don't have to live. You know, you don't have to base everything. You can
0: YouTube anything
1: exactly. So if they had that back then, then he probably would use that. But I think that helped me so much to know that like I don't have to rely on a man. But it's a great thing to know how to do stuff yourself.
0: Yeah, and you wouldn't know that if you hadn't just done it. Like.
1: But we're, I mean, that's what I say. Like he balances me well. So he makes me work harder because like when we do the finances, I mean, he's a numbers guy. I'm not a numbers person, Mm -hmm. but he motivates me to be more, uh, what's the word? Like accountable about the money. He knows I need a push when it comes to numbers to like be aware of our finances since I don't make all the money.
0: (laughs) Well, I don't, I, I think I have control issues because in talking about managing a household, um, we don't feel very strongly necessarily about like gender specific roles. Uh, right. We, we very much have shared, like, I'm not above mowing the grass and he's not above doing the laundry, mm-hmm. but we just naturally gravitate towards certain, certain things. Then those were our things. You had the reverse experience, but I'm coming from being a stay at home mom to being a working mom. And in that transition, um, I, there was a part of my hustler that literally just had to sit down and accept the help because Mm -hmm. I'm not capable of remembering every birthday party and um, getting every, you know, random thing that we need for school and returning all the permission slips and making every doctor's appointment and, you know, paying every bill and managing all the checkbook things and doing all like, I cannot physically, there are not enough hours Mm -hmm. in the day. And I don't know if you're, You know, with your experience having been reversed, there was a part of me that had to say, I don't have to be the only hustler in the house. Mm -hmm. And it's okay if Jacob needs to pick up and make dinner three nights a week, or if Jacob needs to go to the grocery store for me, um, same if I need to mow the yard for him, like if we have capacity and space to do that for one another, um, there was a part of me that had to let a little bit of the You won't be able to do it all die. Mm -hmm. Whenever I came back to work, even if
1: you are a stay at home mom, you don't need to do it all. And I think that, personally i'm not going to be a marriage counselor here but like i think that's such a great thing in a marriage to know that not all roles fall under one person totally like just because if if he's the one out making all the money or if the woman is out making all the money the other one doesn't just fall into the do everything else right you both like if you have children whatever it is so mm. uh i got a little bit of an experience staying home with my two younger kids for the past like the summer and before that and I think I got to see both sides, which was nice, but my husband is very much aware of like his roles as well. And so he's like, you still have to ask me for help. I just still want to be involved when I come home. It doesn't just fall on you. And I think that really helps because he keeps me aware of those things I'm doing. Yeah. And he knows that if I don't ask for help, he'll get lazy. He's fully, I mean, he'll say it. He's like, I'm getting lazy because you haven't, you've been doing everything. I yeah. need to
0: be able to do more. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's funny though. I have to draw that line. Because Jacob is much better at resting and relaxing than I am. and that's, Aren't they
1: all? But it, it's not. <laughs> like, I
0: don't even mean it from an ugly place. I mean it from a place of, like, I'm jealous. Touch, yeah. Like, I wish, I wish that. Um, I think even more so, like, gosh, this is going to make me feel guilty. But, like, he's so much more available to our kids because mm. my, my way of, like, caring for them is often doing for them and maintaining our home and the things that need to be done at home when really they may just need 45 minutes of my undivided attention and so my toxic trait is I'm like I'm taking care of you what's wrong with you and they're like I just want to sit on your lap or like mm-hmm. hang out or go for a walk or something and I'm like oh but because he is made the way that he is he's much more available in that way and that's for another day like I'm really sad about that but there are times where I have to lay the boundary if it's a Saturday and I have a to-do list and I have a checklist and I have Aaron Strun and I have things that I need to do at home. He'll look at me with this like deer in the headlights look like, am I going to get in trouble for this later? Or (laughs) what kind of, you know, what kind of, what are we working with here? And I'll look at him and I will literally go, are you doing what you want to be, want to be doing? And he's like, Yes, like is this loaded? And I'm like, "No, seriously, are you doing what you want to be doing?" And he's like, "Yeah." And I'm like, "I'm doing what I want to be doing so that I can do what you're doing later." Yeah. So, it for me like getting the things done, having my list, having the things that I need to do prepares me for earns me the right to sit on the couch and rest. But I am working with that end game in mind so that I have that time mm-hmm. blocked off, usually at the end of a Sunday afternoon or what have you. Um, but it's funny and thinking about reminding or I'll get lazy. Sometimes feels like, oh crap, I'm lazy. I'm like, nope, you're not being lazy. You're choosing what you want to do. I'm choosing what i want to do no judgment no resentment no whatever mm-hmm. like let yourself off the hook so I think we've just had to learn to communicate over the years this isn't loaded I'm a big girl I'll tell you if I need help or if you need to be doing something else that is a
1: big thing is if you're not going to ask for help don't walk by and give him the dirty looks cause no because that's on the crappy couch, right totally.
0: and I don't I'm not about that I was about that life when I was in my mid-20s right. like that's the learning it's how curve. we learn yeah you learn by marriage marriage mm-hmm. counseling yeah <laughs>
1: They're not psychics. And They're men. They, They're just
0: They just are. And it doesn't occur a lot of the time. They're mm-hmm. like, and I've said ugly things like over the years of like, do I need to draw the picture and create, you know, a big red flashing sign towards the context clue when it would have just been much easier for me to have used my big girl words regardless of my feelings and just say, I could use your help, sir.
1: I read this thing years ago that I constantly have to remind myself is men think in boxes and ours is like a flow chart. So where we can think of something and think of all the things like appointments and school and lunches and making the beds and clothes and all these things like men think, okay, here's a box and this is where I'm going to get ready for work. I'm going to shut that box to open the next box to drive to work. Like they can't have all their boxes open at the same time.
0: I wish that I couldn't.
1: And that's, I think that's okay. Like once you realize it's a thing and it's not just your husband, like it's okay.
0: You let them off the hook.
1: Kind of. Well, and then you're like, not
0: not everybody can be made like us or we would all run over each other.
1: There'd be less children in the world if men carried children, like all the things. Well, there's a reason that we are.
0: I think you and your husband sound a lot like mine and mine. Like we are a great yin and yang, like if we had both been psychotic hustlers, we would have eaten each other for lunch. Like it would have been doggy dog in the house. Um, So this is a, I I hesitated to bring this up Mm -hmm. when it comes to um, our generation. Cause you're a millennial. Mm -hmm. Sure. I'm probably an older millennial. I think you're more of like a middle millennial. Um, The generation behind us in thinking of the fact that You're kind of like me in if you needed to kind of that single mom mentality, if you needed to shovel doo-doo or sling burgers at a fast food restaurant or work a graveyard shift at Walmart, you would do that in order to get the things done. 100%. I, I do think that I see a shift in the generation behind us that's not as willing to, Pull themselves up Mm -hmm. by their own bootstraps. Now, I'm not saying that's right or wrong or indifferent. I think it has to do with the way that we're raised. Right. But don't we agree that at some point that hustle and that drive and that self-start and that responsibility of caring for myself has got to kick in somewhere with some balance somewhere in between?
1: Mm -hmm. I always say you're not too small for any job. So even uh, if you're the highest ranking general, like you can still scrub tile with the privates. Like there's no job that's too small for you. And I think that people, anybody that values hard work will look at those things. Like I mentioned earlier. So my husband, for example, like when we moved here, we didn't have jobs. Long story, but like he got a job at a pest inspection place, like killing bugs. Not something he ever thought he'd do after 12 years in the military. Yeah, And he took that job because he wanted to get us in, you know, into a home. Yeah. And from there, he did a service on somebody's house that offered him a really amazing job that was full time and benefits and an amazing salary because of his experience. So that's why I say, like, you're spraying bugs, not something you ever wanted to do. It's not everybody's dream. And you showed integrity and you worked your butt off and you got yourself a job that took care of your family. And so anybody is capable of that. But a lot of people think, I, I went to school for this. I need to do this. Yeah. I went to school for something I have nothing to do with anymore.
0: Yeah. And I like I just have a little bit of fear in that like there's there's nobody that will do service industry jobs now. I say nobody, like, but those are harder like there are jobs out there that people are just not willing to take. And so I have a little bit of fear because my generation, our generation was willing to go to work just to pay the bills and God honored him spraying the bucks. Like that's another great thing to say. Like I'm not above any job, but because I went and did this job because it was the right thing to do mm-hmm. and because I'm a good citizen and because I didn't want to run up my credit cards And because I wanted to contribute to society, Mm -hmm. God honored me with this other thing and it was better. And so there is an amount of grunt work that comes with every job. I don't care what it is. And even if you do, like I think about my dad, he sat at a desk for the last 15 years of his career and played solitaire, but it was because he had done for lack of a better word, shat work for the first 15 years. And Elbows dirty and hands dirty and being a part of a process and being a part of the things that make the bigger thing tick gives you the grit and the grind and the experience and the expertise and the right to sit and say, this is how we do things and this is how we roll. With always, I think a willingness to go back to the basics and do what you need to do mm-hmm. as a good leader and as a good example and as somebody that's not entitled and somebody that's not arrogant and somebody that's not above blah, blah, blah. I never want to be that person. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't, I think because of the way that I'm wired with the work and the probably unhealthy, I, I don't ever want to be that person that's like, I, I don't do that. I don't wash dishes. Mm-hmm. Like, that's crappy. I don't like that. Or
1: that's not in my job description. Yes. That
0: should not be...
1: That's over my head. A job description is pretty general. So if you think that what you're doing is not important in the big picture... You got to, you got to look at it again. That is, I mean, that is the sole reason that, you know, in my career, I started answering phones and I I left a company as a vice president Yeah. because I, I just worked my butt off. Yeah. You needed help. I'll help you. I don't care if you're in a different position. Like, what do you need me to do? You need me to file papers. Yeah. And it wasn't because
0: I was a pushover.
1: It was because I had no work in that moment and someone else needed help.
0: Yeah. So I, I love that. I do think that at the heart of somebody that would consider themselves a hustler, is uh, a desire to help. I, I, I think of the things that motivate me in the areas where I'm just like nose to the grindstone will burn myself to the actual ground. Is from a place of I want this to be the best that it possibly can be. I want it to make somebody else's life easier. Yeah. I want my husband to be well cared for. My kids to be clothed and to enjoy the things in life that they deserve. Like there's a heart of like provision and abundance that I want to provide in each one of those areas. Um, I don't think it's all bad. It's probably not all good, but I don't think it's all bad. No.
1: I mean, I think now I was just talking about this with a friend over breakfast this morning, probably 80% of the jobs I do right now are volunteer work. Yeah, I'm PTO. I mean I spend so much of my time because my two older kids are at elementary school together now. So I give back because those people are, saints they're yeah. with your children
0: all day well and they don't get paid enough no and, and so there's a lot of crap that's not in their job description if i can do. go
1: to their classroom and help a teacher plan a party or donate a roll of paper towels to her class because yeah. it's coming out of her own pocket like absolutely i will mm-hmm. and then i'm you know the bni thing so that's networking and helping other people grow their businesses i'm always willing to go to a networking event and drop a name or something you know just yeah. connect with people so i think just others minded mm-hmm
0: yeah it's not all it's not all bad (laughs) um okay well just to round out um the episode i love it i think we could probably talk and then i think (laughs) there's probably some people that are like you guys are annoying well, maybe this helps somebody. Maybe a lit a fire. Maybe it does. I do think that there's probably an empathetic space to be had for somebody to be like, oh, I thought I was the only one that felt like they had to hustle to feel worth a crap or be worthy of rest or because they can't shut their mind off. I thought that I was the only one. So hopefully. We're gonna
1: start a generation of like, I don't even know what the equivalent recovering, word
0: Recovering. Recovering hustlers. Like
1: what's, what's a Swifty, like a version
0: of a mother hustler? I mean, my <laughs> my quasi healthy hustler era. Ooh. I don't know. Um, well, let's round off the episode. I want to talk a little bit about bringing it back to the Bro Business Lab. Mm-hmm. Um, if you didn't know this, this is a fun fact about me. Uh, my career in general, my first big girl job was in retail sales. I managed a vacuum cleaner store. Uh, and oh, You did tell me this. Yes. I ran, um, uh, two, me and my sister actually co-managed a Murfreesboro franchise and a Cool Springs uh, mm-hmm. franchise, and if I can say so myself, I was really good at it. Like <laughs> I really liked sales. Uh, I liked to manage things, yeah. and so it was me and we had one on one employee at each of the stores, and me and my sister killed it. Like that's those are like the glory days, right? Um, but. I started my career in sales and I loved it. And you on the last episode that or on the first episode, you're talking about helping people and the approach. I mean, again, hustler helping all the things going back to that approach in sales. Um, I, the thing that I loved the most about selling that I like selling about from Borough business lab when I have the opportunity to do it is, you're a product of the process and the product and you understand how the process provides the experience that you need. And the, the, um, what is the word I'm looking for? The, uh, shoot, edit, the value, Mm -hmm. the value in the practice and in the process. And I don't know about you, but when I talk about that, it turns on a switch in me. And then when somebody comes to me, as I talk to them about the process and the value of the process in my mind, the way that I deliver it is there's no other way than for you to get on board. Absolutely. Um, And I see that in you. So you say you're not a salesman, (laughs) but I see you taking a different approach, kind of similar to what I've done in the past. Uh, What's that like for you kind of growing into that?
1: I mean, I know this industry well, so it helps because a lot of it makes sense to me. And I'm always learning. I think that's another component Uh, is always being alert. You know, you're always taking in information. I think Corey always says at a church, if you're still breathing, you can yeah, still be learning. So totally.
0: when I made a comment at the first on the first podcast about not being the smartest person at the table, and I don't think that it translated well, I just mean, if I'm not sitting at a table with smarter people learning from them, then I'm at the wrong mm-hmm. table. Yeah. So anyway, continue. Always so, being learning.
1: <laughs> it, yeah, that. Um but I just, I don't know. I talk to people as if we're having a conversation just like right now and, and tell them about what we have. And I think in anything, if you know your product, you believe in your product 100% and the team behind you, mm. there's no other option out there, yeah. especially when you te- you just let them know you're educating them. Anybody who is educated on Borough Business Lab and the services we offered is Unless they have zero dollars, like they're not going to, Yeah, you know.
0: I think, too, like you, I see you doing it in a similar way to the way that I like to, which is just authentic. Like when I go, you talked about not being slimy and not being salesy. Like there's this kind of negative connotation or a stereotype that goes along with being in sales. When I sit down at a sales table, I'm just looking to have a conversation with somebody. I'm not holding my cards too close to my chest. I have nothing to hide. Mm -hmm. I have nothing. But authentically, if this is your expectation, I know that we deliver the best service and this is why and how we deliver it better than anybody else. And this is why honestly our prices are fair Mm -hmm. and, I believe in the integrity of the product and the way that it's fashioned and priced. And so I'm able to go into a conversation and just go, we're just talking, we're just shooting the bull. I'm going to talk to you like anybody else I would talk to, like my friends. And I think there's something attractive about that at a, at a sales table where I'm not getting a show or a facade Mm -hmm. or a smoke and mirrors or bait and switch tactics. It's just like, do you want it or not? Like,
1: Well, and a lot of people naturally are coming in with multiple quotes. They say, I've talked to so and so, and I got this quote. And I think that's actually helpful because they've been educated, they've seen what's out there, but when they come to us, we are always honest. Yeah. If they say they need SEO and they don't need SEO, I'm not gonna be like, well, that's an extra, you know, monthly fee. That's not what I'm going to do. But if you build that trust, eventually you will gain another, you know, service or another client and a referral from them because you were honest and you were just genuine with them. I think that, Goes a long way. Even I tell people in my BNI group all the time. Even if I meet with somebody and it's not a sale in that moment, they're gonna keep my my name in their mind 100%. because they know we had a great conversation. Um, and that I mean that speaks a lot to people. Yeah, just good people. Did you expect to like it, sales? I don't know. I think
0: there's Having so many- been somebody like me that's done a little bit of everything. Yeah. Uh, run your own business. Like uh, I do
1: love it. I love the fact that it's more freedom than, um, you know, different roles I've had, but I get to talk about what we do and that's so much fun. I yeah. love talking to people. I joke about being the weird person in the grocery store. That's like, Oh, you eat grapes. I eat grapes too. Let's talk. And yeah. like. Um, and which creeps a lot of people out, but that's how I meet a lot of people. Yeah. So, um, oh, I, I do love sales and especially for a product like this that I know well, and it's, it's people need it. Yeah. It's not like I'm trying to sell, you know, a I don't even know yeah. cat food to a dog owner. Right. I'm trying to just convince love, them of something they don't need.
0: I love that example.
1: That was just uh, random.
0: Um, <laughs> well, uh, to end the episode, we'll talk a little bit about step zero, which we talk about in the office, um. If if you're not involved in the if if you're a business and you come to the borough business lab and you're like how do I get more leads number one I'm gonna throw up in my mouth I, I hate that question um, because digital marketing is so much more than leads um, it is about presence it's about authority it's about credibility it's about uh, visibility it's about reach it's about so many different things but we always say if you are not doing step zero then you shouldn't even fool with business A B digital marketing. Uh, But step zero is um, networking and what you're doing to hustle, tying it all back in for your cause, for your business, uh, for your platform. And um, networking is just it is invaluable if you're not kissing babies and shaking hands and going into it from a position of not who can I know that can serve me, but how can I connect other businesses to other small local businesses? You are completely missing the point. You're missing an opportunity. I think so much of being a hustler, being in sales, being what we do is how can I help somebody else? And so I think if you go into networking with a genuine mindset of not how can I leverage who I meet, but who can I meet and connect with that I can help connect with somebody else. Um, you're not prepared, you're not ready for digital marketing. And so I know that you've been in that BNI group and ladies of the lab is another way that we're working to try to build a network for women and small businesses in the middle Tennessee, Murfreesboro area. But I just didn't know what kind of your, from your experience, the fruit of that and, and the value in that, uh, for being a hustler for your business.
1: Yeah, it's been incredible. So the main principle that they they push as givers gain. So you have to be a giver to gain. So you get out there, you share people's names. If you're on Facebook, tagging your fellow businesses that are in that chapter. I think the great thing about BNI is that's your go-to list. So if you're a home contractor or something in the home industry, you've got a plumber, you've got an electrician, you've got a home cleaner, all the things. Yeah, Those are your people in your pocket. Mm-hmm. You don't have to go sit on Google and look for somebody else. You have your go-tos. And there's so many chapters. Just in Murfreesboro alone, you've got, I mean, it's nationwide. So yeah. you can go in different chapters. But I think anybody that is looking to grow their business, obviously, you know, get your networking first. And that'll hook you up with, you know, a bunch of different businesses that can help. And you. a lead,
0: often yeah. a lead. Um, so I, th- I think what happens is a lot of the time people get frustrated with their business and they want a website to fix it or they want a marketing company to fix it. But if you're not willing to get out there and beat the street and tell the story in a way that only you can about what you do and why you're the best at what you do and work to connect with other people in order to receive referrals, but also give referrals, I don't know that you're cut out for it. Being a business owner and running a business is hard and it's a lot of hours and it's a lot of face time. Sometimes it's a financial investment in a networking group, but you gotta, you gotta start with the bread and the butter and the basics and build the foundation, and then the the abundance comes as a result of the hard grit and time and labor that goes into building it. And I think that networking is just so important in
1: this community. It's everything. Yeah, I think Faith said that last you know podcast as well is. Um, Murfreesboro and Tennessee alone is so different than a lot of states. And I think because we're such a melting pot, a lot of people can agree with that. You don't get that kind of face-to-face handshaking everywhere else, right? where you go somewhere and someone's like, oh, I got a guy or I know this guy, or I met this person here. It's a big deal. So getting out there and networking BNI is just one way, but it's an incredible way for business owners. Um, But of course, you need something to share. So you need business cards, you need all that. And it takes work. You do have to guarantee you're going to give referrals, you have to go meet with people, you got to do all that. But yeah, the reward is there.
0: Well, if you're feeling inspired about networking, um, it is the plan to have a Ladies of the Lab networking event, hopefully um, in November. And it is scary and it is intimidating. And a lot of environments and settings where you can go and network are just a lot. And what I have such a passion and desire to do is to create a safe and fun space for people to come and share about what they do. And I have. I've seen that happen on small scales like at a smaller group like at a a nutrition shake shop and I've seen it happen in a group of 50 women and I see those ladies continue to connect over social media and tag each other and stuff and refer refer people to stuff if it is something that you know you need to do for your business or to get your feet wet because you're starting a business I would encourage you to just dm me Um, you can email me at megan at brobusinesslab.com megan with an h please at brobusinesslab.com and ask or um, inquire on our website about our next networking event um, so that I know to keep you informed when that time comes. I'm sure Tina will be there. Other ladies of the lab will be there. It's our goal often to have it at a female-run business or their place of business, um, but then also to invite other people uh, maybe that uh, we want to connect with or that have connected with us at other events or that were referred to us so that you can just come and start talking about what you do and believe about what you do publicly um, and in conversation with other people. And then you'll never know who you would meet Mm -hmm. that may connect you with the one or that may encourage you to do or may have practiced this thing and it really worked for them. Uh, So uh, DM me or email me and I'll get you connected for our next event because that's kind of the passion and the desire behind what we do here. It's just for a place for people to feel seen and heard and uh to get their name out there. Um but Tina, thank you so much for being here. Of course. On this thanks episode. for having me. Do you have any final closing notes? <sighs> Stay hustling. I know every day I'm hustling, <laughs> hustling, hustling. Um, anyway, follow us on Ladies of the Lab podcast on Instagram. You can listen to our podcast on Spotify, Apple, anywhere where you normally um, listen to uh, what your whatever your platform of choice is. Um, you can find my personal Instagram tagged on the Ladies of the Lab podcast. We also have a Ladies of the Lab podcast spot on boroughbusinesslab.com. Um, but I'll, uh, thank you so much for listening and we'll just look forward to being with you guys again. Bye.